When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here. But before we do any of that, let's talk about the Cowboys' loss. Man, there's something about Green Bay. There's something about the Green Bay Packers and the Cowboys that doesn't pan out for America's team. Yet another tough, heartbreaking loss to the Green Bay Packers. And listen, let me get into this pretty quickly. Let's get into that Micah Parsons quote from the headline because Micah Parsons had a comment post-game and this is via Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News. I'm guessing we will be able to catch the entire interview over at the Cowboys YouTube channel. But tell me if you agree or disagree with Micah Parsons' quote and I will read it to you right now. Micah Parsons said that he feels, you know, Good enough to play, by the way, so some good news there. But here's what Micah said about the Cowboys' defense following the loss to the Green Bay Packers. He said, we've just got to be accountable. It's going to keep happening until we stop it, period. Until we put this flame out of this running the ball stuff, we are never going to be as good as we need to be, period. Do you agree or disagree with Micah Parsons and the fact that the run defense is the biggest issue right now for Dallas, at least defensively. Let me know if you agree or disagree with it because Micah Parsons does have a point. You cannot keep, you know, allowing opponents to run on you because that's not going to work out anytime. And the Cowboys do have one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. We know that. They have one of the best pass rushes. And I will argue that when healthy, their coverage unit is also pretty solid. That secondary that they have, even including guys like Anthony Brown. And I know that Anthony Brown doesn't have a lot of fans within the fan base. There's not a lot of love going around for Anthony Brown. But he was missed after he exited the game tonight, for example. And it's just another example of how even being average to solid to good, whatever you want to call it, goes a long way in the NFL. Uh, but the fact of the matter is if they're running the football on you, your pass defense might not matter at all because you're not going to be able to show off that pass rush. Micah Parsons didn't get that opportunity today, for example, although he did play a lot of off-ball linebacker snaps out there most of the game, at least, I would assume, uh, when looking at the official numbers. But... The Cowboys were never able to really 
unleash that pass rush because they were never in a position to keep the Packers from running the football because they were running at a six yard per carry clip or a seven yard per carry clip at some points throughout the game. That more or less improved in the second half, but not that much. Uh, I do agree. People agree with the comment. Scott Cole says agree. Jessica agrees. Uh, Brian Smith, Russell, Christopher Allen over at Facebook also agree. Uh, that is the biggest problem. That is the biggest problem for the Cowboys defense right now, for sure. Now, let's be real, though. And this is the toughest thing about the Cowboys' loss today. Today wasn't about, you know, Aaron Rodgers being unstoppable for the Packers. It wasn't about the big plays allowed versus Christian Watson versus Alan Lassard in overtime. Or it wasn't about the Cowboys turning the ball over in the first half twice. It, it wasn't just one thing. It was all of them. The Cowboys were supposed to be the better team than the Packers. And yeah, we were we were worried about it because it's a game at Lambeau. You're playing Aaron Rodgers, and there's one matchup, two matchups that might get you in the game. But it wasn't that on Sunday, was it? It was multiple matchups getting the Cowboys. The Packers were running the football at will. They were finding nothing. It wasn't one deep throw or two deep throws. It wasn't the lone big play that changes the game. It was multiple big plays that changed the game. And, you know, Darren Bland is a backup for the Cowboys defense. But then Christian Watson, who had not had a breakout game yet until week 10 versus the Dallas Cowboys, burned Anthony Brown early in the game. I think it was what? It was the, I will tell you exactly. It was the fourth offensive drive by the Packers. He burned Anthony Brown. And in that play, Anthony Brown goes headfirst into the ground, ruled out with a concussion. That was the first guy that Christian Watson was able to outplay on the playing field. Later, he got Kelvin Joseph. Later, he got the wrong Bland. And later, he got Kelvin Joseph again to tie the game and send it into overtime. Christian Watson had a monstrous game, and it was like adding to another long list of Packers-related nightmares, in my opinion. So you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Jared Cook, you have Dean Blandino. You guys know what I'm talking about in 2015. Des did catch that ball. And now you add to that long list Christian Watson's name because the guy was out there killing everybody in the Cowboys secondary pretty much. And, you know, respect to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the sense that the Cowboys had, and, and this should not be overlooked, and I'm not saying this as an excuse. I'm saying this as a big problem to monitor going forward. The Cowboys had, for most of the game today, one starting cornerback out of their original starting tree because you did not have Jordan Lewis, and I'm sorry, but as I've said since the moment that he got injured, the guy was forever disrespected by Cowboys Nation. Uh, because I think that when he got injured, plenty of people were out there like acting as if it would be a smooth transition to the wrong Bland. And don't get me wrong. I'm excited about Bland. He is a legit prospect. 
He shows off that recovery speed. He shows off that, uh, you know, technique. When playing to the ball, he's physical. There's a lot to like about Darren Bland. But he is a fifth-round rookie right now, and having him play nickel cornerback instead of Jordan Lewis is a problem. And, of course, Lewis will not return for, their for the rest of the season. That's a concern. And then add to that that Anthony Brown didn't play for most of the game after being ruled out with a concussion, and you had two backup corners playing. And Aaron Rodgers managed to exploit that time and time again. And once more, I'm not saying it as an excuse. I'm saying it as a legit problem to monitor going forward. We uh, Cowboys Nation, I think, should not be super comfortable about Darren Bland manning the nickel cornerback position. Even if we are excited about him as a prospect, he can be a liability when you're playing veteran quarterbacks that know how to exploit that weak spot in your secondary. And we saw that today. We saw that multiple times. And we saw that even on, at overtime when Aaron Rodgers found Alan Lazard for the big gainer right away after getting the ball in his hands. It's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, the defense was bad. I agree. Eternal says the defense was trash. Cornerback looked bad, says Miller. That's a problem. I agree with that. Tommy says played and coached terrible. Nathan says out coached. Bruce says I already don't like them having to face Dalvin Cook next. And man, uh, Justin Jefferson as well. Because uh, one thing that the Vikings do great is, you know, they put Justin Jefferson in positions to succeed. Toxic Tom says, Mo, this is Roundhog Day. Once again, at what point does Jerry realize this way just doesn't work? Man, it's one of those games in which, like, the season is obviously no, not, not over, but a third loss in your record probably rules out the possibilities of winning the NFC East. You are now solely depending on the Eagles suffering an identity breakdown, right? Like, they need to go on a losing streak or something like that for Dallas to be able to be in a position to win the division. And it sucks that it's not in your control. Uh, not even a win would have put in it in your in your control, but at least you could have that Christmas Eve game versus the Eagles and make it a closer race right away, uh, depending on that win from you. Uh, but now Dallas is at least hoping for two losses by the Eagles, who are undefeated at 8-0, plus you bidding them in the 24th of December when the time comes. Uh, so definitely a, a important loss for sure for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that it pretty much rules out the possibility of winning the division. And you even added a nose tackle to help out the run defense. And not that Jonathan Hankins has played bad necessarily, but it simply did not fix a big problem, which was stop the run versus a Packers offense that was not able to throw the football. And they did both. And once more, that's the thing that I kind of hated from today's game. It wasn't that the Packers stuck to the run and they managed to outplay the Cowboys. It was that they did that, but also had the big plays in the passing game, had the edge at times, uh, early at least in the game, in the turnover battle. Because even though both teams turned the ball over a lot, uh, the Packers had that early lead with the two interceptions from Dak Prescott. And we'll get into those in a moment here. Uh, but 
definitely a game in which the Cowboys were outplayed in pretty much every sense of the, the football game, on offense, on defense, and even on special teams. We were up 14 and still kept throwing, says Craig. Dak did not play well, also adds Craig. I, I will agree that, the, that Dak Prescott didn't have the best of games at the end of the day. He had a negative EPA per play game. He had a negative completion percentage over expectation. He had under a, a completion percentage of under 50%. I will tell you what, though. Um, I think that although the two takeaways, the, the two interceptions thrown by Dak Prescott will get most of the attention, it was other little things that really got to me throughout the game. It was starting the game with two consecutive three and outs, for example, especially when those three and outs came at your 39-yard line and at your 44-yard line. You wasted two pretty good field position uh, drives that you could have exploited, and they ended in three and outs, two of them. Then you put together that 17-play, 88-yard touchdown drive that took eight minutes off of the clock for an early lead. Uh, you were ahead 14 points. And then all of that went to waste. And it sucks. It was tough to watch on that TV. Now, as for the interceptions, as for the interceptions, I'm not sure about the first one. I do need to go re-watch that one, the one that he threw to Dalton Schultz, didn't connect. Some people say that it was on Dak. Some people say that it was on Dalton Schultz. I'm not sure about that one. I will be honest with you. And I will say, I need to rewatch that. The second interception was 100% the responsibility of C.D. Lamb. There's no other way around it. Now, I don't say this to spark a debate as to whether we should blame Dak Prescott for the loss or C.D. Lamb who had... 150 receiving yards today. I'm saying this because it's not the first time that Prescott and C.D. Lamb don't see eye to eye in that kind of throw. In that particular play, you want C.D. Lamb to cross the safety's face because he's up there. C.D. needs to cross his face, fight for the football, and make the contested catch. That's what Dak Prescott is counting on. It isn't even, in my opinion, that CeeDee Lamp is giving up on the routes. Is that he is not seeing what Dak Prescott is seeing at that moment. That interception was on CeeDee Lamp. And although uh, he deserves the blame for that one, I will say what sucks the most about that is that it's 2022. And the quarterback and the wide receiver don't have that chemistry that you want from that caliber of players Dak and CD should be having a way better relationship in that sense on the playing field but this is not the first time that CD and Dak don't connect on that one and once more I will say uh, it is pretty clear that that one was on lap Chad Ochozinko tweeted about it you had the uh, Michael Irvin number 88 tweet about it that was 1000% on on CD land and still, and still, he had a good game, at least number-wise, CD did. Uh, he had those two touchdowns that were dimes by Dak Prescott, by the way. He, he picked up some important first downs, racked up 150 yards to finish the game. But uh, those moments cannot be ignored. 
those two turnovers by Dallas, those two interceptions resulted in resulted in in 14 points for the Green Bay Packers. And then there is the, you know, all right, we'll we'll get to that in a moment here. Let me read some comments here before we get to that. Uh, toxic thumbs. I'm getting to the point where I wanted this whole team blown up. <laughs> Man, it was that frustrating, wasn't it? Marcus says it's not that the defense didn't show up. They had Michael Parsons at linebacker most of the game when he should have been rushing. Says Marcus uh, Callaway. And while I, I have seen some complaints about this, I will give them the benefit of the doubt, and I will say this. I don't know that Micah would have had that many opportunities to pass rush. I was looking over at some numbers from Ben Baldwin and his website, uh, runningbacksdon'tmatter.com. According to his website, the Packers had 37 rush plays. All right? 37 rush plays by Green Bay. 34 of those came in early downs, first and second down. The Packers were out there telling the Cowboys, yeah, we'll run the football on first down and on second down. Like, they had 34 rushing plays in early downs to 14 passing plays. They were they, they knew what they were doing. The Cowboys knew what they were doing, and yet they couldn't stop it. Uh, I don't know if I'm super upset about Michael Parsons not getting to rush the passer that more just because I don't think that he would have gotten so many opportunities uh, anyways. So knowing that the, that the Packers were expected to run the football a lot, I'm okay with having them, having him play linebacker. Uh, one big reason though, one big reason though that the Cowboys missed Anthony Barr on this one, because having Anthony Barr on, on the lineup would have helped with allowing Micah to play at defensive end a little bit more. I will say this, though. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong, at least at times, appeared to deserve a shout-out because he set the edge in multiple plays that were negative for the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if the review, when we, when we get to the old 22 tape later tonight or tomorrow at some point, I don't know if that will hold up in court, but I will say that uh, it seemed from the, from the live viewing of this game that Armstrong had some moments setting the edge. Uh, I don't know if that will hold up after reviewing the, the tape, right? Let's see. Toxic Tom says, Mo, so Dak is basically Romo 2.0. We'll, we'll stuff a stat sheet, but in games that needs to be his best, just plays flat. Is this Dak's ceiling? I don't think that it is, uh, first and foremost. I don't think that it is Dak's ceiling. I think that... Plenty of things went wrong on this game. Some of them on deck, some of them not on deck at all. Uh, part of the equation. But see, the thing is, when your when your team loses a game like this, it's it's second nature, right? To to turn to the quarterback and try to find a better answer from the quarterback. But also, we've seen Dak Prescott not fold. In the playoffs, we've seen him step up big several times in the playoffs. And although the Cowboys have not had that postseason success that you want them to have, not all of it has been on Dak Prescott. I don't think that I have, like, you know, any thoughts 
to saying that Dak Prescott is not the guy or anything like that. I think that the Cowboys can win it all with Dak Prescott at quarterback, but it's a team that has uh, issues, though, of course. Let's see. He got one playoff win that's not stepping up, says Franklin. And, of course, that would be the Seattle Seahawks game in which he that, – that was a pretty impressive performance from Dak on that one. Uh, but you, you, you even have his rookie season versus the Green Bay Packers in which he went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he had that interception. I, I still remember it, of course. But I don't think that Dak is a guy that is choking out there on the playing field. I don't think that is the case at all. Now, Edward says, don't blame the wide receiver regarding the C.D. Lamp, interse- uh, the Dak Prescott interception in the past thrown to C.D. Lamp. The quarterback throws the ball. If he wasn't open, he shouldn't throw the ball. The thing is, the thing is this, and it would be ideal <laughs> if I do, if I did it in like the actual screenshot of the game. But the thing is, sometimes... Your wide receiver needs to make a read while running the route. And essentially, if the safety stays, and I'm sorry because this is so elementary, man. Like, like uh, me, not, not the, the explanation, but me grabbing a notebook and doing this this way. I'm sorry for, for being so basic. Uh, but if the safety is up there, you better, you better make that cut and cross his, his face at a 90-degree angle and fight for the football. That's not on Dak. Dak. Dak is running his progression. He gets to his hitch, and he needs to get rid of that football, man. And he trusts that CeeDee Lamb makes the right read and that he is where he is throwing the football because Dak is throwing with anticipation on that particular play. But if CeeDee doesn't make the right read and doesn't cross the safety's face, then it will look like a terrible pass. You know, uh, I'm sorry for the super basic explanation, but uh, maybe later in the week we get a chance at actually watching the play. But in essence, that's why that particular interception should not be on Dak Prescott, honestly. It should be on CD Lamp. And that's not to defend Dak, by the way, for the entirety of this game. Because there were some mistakes from his part uh, throughout the game, for sure. There were multiple misfires. I'm not sure if there were too many bad decisions, but there were some accuracy issues here and there, in my opinion. We'll see once more if that holds up after watching the tape. Now, I will say this. The sequence and huh, the sequence that really cost the Cowboys the game, you know, among many, let's, let's look at what happened when the game went to overtime, right? Let's let's take a look at that drive, talk about it, because the Cowboys won the coin toss, and it felt like Dallas was about to cruise for a moment to a win there because they were handing the ball off Tony Pollard to Malik Davis, and they were moving the chains. Uh, Dak Prescott threw to CD Lamb in a play in which CD did cross the safety's face Found him over the middle of the field. Big play in that aspect. Now, then came a moment that really encapsulated the Jalen Tolbert saga this season. Because a third-round rookie has not been trusted by the Cowboys coaching staff 
to be on the playing field. They have not trusted Jalen Tolbert. Even when Dallas did not have Noah Brown versus the Chicago Bears, the Cowboys decided to prioritize three safety sets and two safety sets just as long as it didn't mean that Jalen Tolbert had to be in the playing field. They, they were intentionally avoiding that, or at least it appeared to be the case. Now, not to mention that he's been inactive for, for many of these games throughout the 2022 season. And I don't know if we had gotten a better glimpse as to Jalen Tolbert's unpreparedness for NFL action than the one that we saw in this particular drive. Because in second and two, Jalen Tolbert is called for an offsides. And there were some comments post-game, uh, including from Dak Prescott. Dak said that Jalen said that he had checked with the referee. From what I saw, rewinding the game and looking at this play again, and I tweeted about it. You can see the clip over at, at Mau NFL. That's M-A-U NFL on my Twitter account. Jalen Tolbert doesn't really check with the ref. And remember that when you are when you are a wide receiver, the only thing that you need to do is turn to the referee, ask him for a spot, and he will tell you if you're good or if you're not good. Jalen turns until the tight end is in motion. That alone should tell you how long it took for Jalen Tolbert to check with the ref. I think that Tolbert completely forgot to check. And then once he was lined up and he was looking at the ball, maybe he thought, whoops, I'm in trouble. And then he turns to the ref, doesn't even like do it emphatically. He doesn't even do a check emphatically. He kind of just takes one small step back. I think he's still offside even after the step that he takes back. But the tight end is also already in motion. Uh, so that should tell you just how late he was doing all of that. And then you get called for an offside. It's second and seven. Then you get into a quads formation, four players to the left side. It is a screen pass to Tony Pollard. The Cowboys move the chains on that play. Good stuff. First and 10, the Cowboys were on play action. Dak Prescott is in motion. Nothing doing. He throws an incompletion. Uh, pretty much getting rid of the football. Looking for Sean McKeon on that one. Then you get to second and 10. So just to really make it clear, Pollard saved Jalen Tolbert from that offside. He, he eliminated it, and there was no damage done there. But then on second and 10, Malik Davis gets a big gain that's called back by a holding from Connor McGovern. It is a rigorous penalty flag that the refs threw out there. But you cannot deny that McGovern did have his hands outside and he does kind of take him down. So that's going to get called at least six out of 10 times, I believe, in the NFL. Uh, McGovern did have both of his hands outside and that, that's never going to help your case. That gets us to second and 19. Dak Prescott finds Dalton Schultz for a big gain. Uh, third and four. This one hurts a lot because Dak Prescott does find CeeDee Lamp. But Jair Alexander gets there way too early. I think that he makes contact with CeeDee Lamb before the ball crosses the line of scrimmage, to be honest. Uh, no defending the referees there. And, of course, you you, you got to control what you can control. You, you need to beat whatever the refs do. But 
Uh, that was a DPI, man. There's there's no other way around it. Jair Alexander got to CD Lamp early. And then you get to fourth and four. And this is where I ask you, should the Cowboys and try to try to avoid result bias here? Uh, because of course, based on the result, everybody would say kick the tree, make the field goal, or or try to, to make the field goal. But in the moment when the Cowboys faced fourth and four. Let me know in the chat, what did you want the Cowboys to do? Did you want the Cowboys to go for it? Or did you want the Cowboys to kick the field goal? Try to put yourself in that moment in time to be as objective as possible. What did you want the Cowboys to do? While you let me know in the comments, and before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net because the ride of the week, ladies and gentlemen, is the 2022 Mazda MX-5 Miata Sport. This one is a special one. It starts at $29,560. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto. Keyless entry. You push to start the car. Uh, manual transmission, a convertible roof, and blind spot monitor uh, monitoring 26 miles per gallon in the city. That goes all the way up to 34 when you are in the highway. Make sure that you check out the 2022 Mazda MX-5 Miata Sport over at FreemanMazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. And remember, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Check it out once more over at FreemanMazda.net. So what did you want the Cowboys to do? Let me let me read some of your answers here really quickly. Iceberg Slim says, third and four, I am running Malik Davis twice. So, you know, he wanted them to go for it, but try to, try to run the football first. Russell would have liked to, to kick the field goal. Toxic says, go for it uh, for the win, but not like that. Zach says, kick a field goal. Holly says, I was okay with going for it. Bruce says, I wanted him to go for it. Modelo says, run on third if you're going for it on fourth. I was saying, kick the field goal, says James. Let's see. Benito says, well, a field goal was not going to win the game. We should have had the touchdown, I think, says Benito. And this is spot on. I am pretty firm on my four down beliefs when watching NFL games. I am very pro going for it. Uh, I like teams that are aggressive. I defend it. John Harbaugh and his controversial decisions with the Baltimore Ravens countless times. The same with Brandon Staley and the, and the LA Chargers. The same with the Cowboys when they remain aggressive and go for it on fourth down. But I was, I was shocked when the moment came. You know, uh, I was watching the game with some people and they turned to me and they asked, what should the Cowboys do? And I honestly did not know. It was a tough spot to be in. Four than four. Uh, the field goal would have been for what? Uh, 53 yards, according to my notes. It was a tough task. It was a tough ask for Brett Maher to make that field goal. 53 yards. As someone said in the comments, it was chilly. They even had that shot of Brett Maher putting his foot in the AC, trying to get it warm. It was a tough call, man, for the Cowboys. It was a tough, tough, tough call. Um, I, I would have wanted them to go for it. That's what I wanted them to do. But I agree with I agree with Modelo. I agree with 
Holly, I think that also said this. Uh, I think that Iceberg Slim had a similar point. If you're going to go for it, if you know you're looking at this as four down territory, maybe run a, a read option or, or a halfback draw or a quarterback draw. Try to catch them off guard. I, it didn't seem to me like the Cowboys had something in their back pocket. It didn't seem to me like they had an ace under their sleeve for such a critical point of the game. And there's a lot of complaints about Kellen Moore pretty much every week, even when the Cowboys offense looks good. And a lot of it is play calling. A lot of it uh, is play design. I, I really like the Cowboys playing design, though. But what I'm trying to say is, I don't think this was even play calling. I think it was more about game planning. Because I think that the Cowboys did not have that go-to play for such a spot. I think maybe maybe that was a little bit of uh, lack of creativity or lack of preparation. That's how I looked at it, at least. They didn't seem to me like they had a special play drawn up. And then on four and four, the tackle simply didn't hold up, man. Uh, Dak Prescott got pressure from both his left side and his right side, and that pretty much ended the play. Not to mention that at least... Everyone on the right side of that formation kind of went deeper than the sticks. Like it, it wasn't like somebody was at the sticks ready to move the chains. Seemed like the Cowboys wanted a big play on that one. Kind of like a throwback to that deep shot on, on 2016, I guess. On, on 2015 in January, I guess. Really, really weird stuff. But man, tough, tough one to lose for sure. Tough one to lose. Toxic Tom says, I would rather miss the postseason if it means both Mike and Kellen get fired. Already know we won't win uh, with them leading the way. Now, I don't, I don't want to miss the postseason. I will tell you that right now. I, I really don't want that. Uh, all kidding aside, I don't think that the Cowboys miss the playoffs. I mean, they're 6-3. and three. I know that it's not an ideal loss, but their playoff chances are looking pretty strong still. I think that 538 had them at 98% chance of making the playoffs before the game and then they lost to the Packers and it dropped down to like 95% something like that uh, they still have very strong chances at making the postseason uh, this doesn't make the loss any more any easier or anything like that but anyways I did wanted to see say something positive uh, let me know if you had one thing that was a positive for you on today's game what was your silver lining out of this particular game to me you know i could say tony pollard i could say malik davis having a pretty decent outing uh, i could talk about maybe cd lamb racking up 150 yards in the receiving game even though we're not super happy about the interception that he was responsible for or anything like that but I will say that my silver lining was the Cowboys run blocking up front. I think that we've seen about three weeks now versus the Lions, versus the Bears, and versus the Packers. This offensive line might be one of the best in the NFL when it comes to run blocking. That Tony Pollard touchdown early in the game, that was a, a pretty, pretty good play 
in which you look at every single offensive lineman and, and they're doing their job. Uh, Terrence Steele getting to the second level, laying out uh, secondary players for linebackers. You see Terrence Steele. Uh, I mean, Zach Martin and Tyler Biotis just getting their guys. I think that overall, it seems like one of the most physical offensive lines in the NFL, and it shows up specifically when running the football. I'm not sure if it is one of the best offensive lines in pass blocking. I think that they're not. But if, if we're talking about the run game, they might be one of the best. They might be one of the best. Uh, Jonathan says, who, this, who is this kid? Uh, I'm Mauricio Rodriguez. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Jonathan. We're here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central to talk Cowboys football. Uh, Dallas should not be in the playoffs, says Jonathan, if they can't close out a 14-point lead. Well, I'm not happy about that. I will tell you, I will tell you that right away. Uh, pretty much all of this show has been on a very negative note, actually. Uh, but I, what I meant regarding the playoffs odds, you know, it's the fact that you're 6-3 and three and that's how the NFL works. It was a tough loss, but it, like to, to give you an example, you know who else is six and three? The freaking Buffalo Bills, right? And it, it sucks. It sucks to be six and three when you could have been seven, uh, seven and two. But I think that the Cowboys playoff odds are still pretty high. Not like they have a super tough schedule ahead of them. They still play. They play the Vikings, which are, you know, they're, they're a tough opponent. Then you get the, the Giants. The Jeff Saturday, Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Tennessee Titans, and the Washington Commanders. Th that's the rest of your schedule. That smells like playoffs to me. Uh, not as division champions, which kind of sucks. And I will tell you what, if you want to land OBJ, it will be tough convincing him if he really wants to be in a Super Bowl contender, because he might have won that home field advantage in the playoffs. Maybe. Jack Edwards says, yeah, the Bills lost. Man, that was an insane game. If you didn't catch that game live, I really recommend you catching the replay at some point this week because it was such a fun game. Uh, check that one out and be maybe a little bit scared about facing the Minnesota Vikings next week because, you know, the stats do not hold up for the Vikings. Uh, they're 8-1, but they're like 18th in efficiency. They're not that good in yards per play, yards allowed per play, uh, turnover margin. However, uh, they have some dudes. They have Justin Jefferson. They have Dalvin Cook. Uh, they're, they're, a, they're a tough team to beat. And, and they brought down the Buffalo Bills today. Uh, smells like one and done, says Toxic Tom. Man, I'm not even going to, to try to convince you that otherwise uh because that this loss was a tough one to really digest but at least like if we're talking about silver linings yeah the offensive line for the cowboys would be mine let's see uh who did i miss bruce says lamp 100 yard game crazy that the cowboys did not had not had a 100 receiving yards game by any wide receiver this season until now let's see my silver lining, says Holly, is they won't make these mistakes again moving forward and into the playoffs. Hey, on a similar note, uh, you could talk about Anthony Brown being back next weekend. And as I said, I know that Anthony Brown is not the most beloved figure in Cowboys Nation, uh, but you could see the difference between him and Kelvin Joseph right away. Uh, special teams is Willie. CJ Goodwin, 
I we I would go with CJ Goodwin as a more specific one because there was some trouble. There there was some trouble on special teams. Uh, but I will go with CJ Goodwin to compliment Willie there. Uh, good comment there. Let's see. Sick was missed, in my opinion, since Cowboys Chris. Yeah, he was missed. He was missed. Uh, 14 points is not a lot of points to come back from, says Holly. Somebody had said that uh, as their, their silver lining, Franklin said, said Cowboys was up 14 points in the fourth quarter as a fourth lining. Silver lining. I don't know if that is a silver lining or the other way around, but I, I will agree to that. Let's see. Kelvin might not be here next year. Yep. I agree with that. I agree with that. Giants with the Ravens, the Titans, and the Packers is Nick. So not an easy opponent there, especially because it's divisional football. Hey, the Cowboys are 6-3. and three. Today sucked. Their performance sucked today. I, I will give you that. Uh, oh, but one thing is clear, though. One thing is clear. The Cowboys have another nightmare when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. As I said earlier in the show, you had Aaron Rodgers, Jared Cook, Dean Blandino, and now you can add uh, oh, Matt Flynn is also one of the nightmares, Matt Flynn. And now you can add uh, Christian freaking Watson, who went for over 100 receiving yards, burned Anthony Brown in the process, Kelvin Joseph, and Darren Bland. He, he took turns, honestly. The, the Cowboys cornerbacks took turns against Christian Watson, and it didn't look pretty. But hey... That will be it for me tonight here on ADC Sports Dallas Prime Time. I hope that you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream if you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Prime Time. Once more, we are live Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Benito says we need the Eagles to start losing some games. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. This was a bad game by the Cowboys. Every sense of, of football that you can point out. I will see you tomorrow night. We'll talk about it a bit more after reviewing the game once more. And I will see you 8 p.m. Muchas gracias. Adios. Primetime brought to you by Freeman Mazda. By the way, you can check out the ride of the week over at FreemanMazda.net. Muchas gracias. Adios. Buen fin de semana. Bye-bye.